Designated spitters live every week. Live. Designated homie, cause we spit the heat. We designated spitters, Francis and Pete. Yes, talking Yankee baseball, hip hop for the streets. Uh, yup, we designated. Yup, we innovative. Yup, we designated. Spit is time that you know. Uh, yup, we designated. Yup, we innovative. Yup, we designated. Spit is let's start the show. Find me a better intro than that. I'll give you time. You won't. I love it, man. I love it. I'm gonna. I sa- love I'm gonna it, save. Man. I'm gonna save you guys time. You're not gonna find a better intro than that. You're not gonna find a better intro than that, man. I tell you, like the the whole do 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 do. Like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness! Then the saxophone in the back. Stop it's it. Big. It's big, man. It's big. It feels big Stop because it. this podcast is huge. Huge. Huge, huge, huge over here! Unbelievable, everybody! Welcome back to episode. I, I want to. I know it's like up there. I don't know where the hell we are, but episode number two of NYY News TV. That's how yeah. I'm gonna keep because it is the revamp. It is the new, new. We aren't the new squad here, but we are the designated spitters, and you know we got the news for you today. That's the fact. Fun yo, show, uh, fun should, show, Pat. Yo, today, for sure, man. First things first. Thank you to the fans. Y'all showed up and showed out week one NYY News TV. Dude, man, great. When you man, set up, when you said first week. things first, I was about to pop in with that um I Papa freaks all the honey. Oh. Dummies, Playboy bunnies, those wanting money. <laughs> that just popped in my mind immediately. Like, oh, we about to really be the designated spinner. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, no, man, but it, we were talking about this for a minute. It has been an amazing first week for NYY News TV. Um, yes, sir. Just, just, just everybody. Uh, Felix had a hilarious ass show. Amazing. Um, I'm Amazing. sitting there crying. Not enough, not enough can be said, guys. I'm. So, I know I tweeted that out, but guys, not enough can be said of how good <laughs> that is for a morning radio show. If you guys oh, remember classic morning radio, what it used to be like yep. with the jokes and the little co- like that. When I started listening to it, I was like, oh man. And it's not because Felix is with us here. Trust me. We keep it real, even with each other. Yep. Facts. But when I heard that, I was like, damn, man. Like, you know, when somebody hits the mark that they were going yep. for, you got to just applaud it. And I got to give Felix his flowers, man. That one hit the nail right on the head. I was like, this is what morning radio used to feel like yeah. before people really gave a shit. You know what I mean? And like people were like you know, trying to be too politically correct or whatever. Hilarious. Just nah, hilarious. Start to finish, man. No Start doubt to about finish. it, man. The, the the first time he sent me over, he was like, I'm going to add this on that. What do you think? And it was the Unicornios thing. That was it. Oh, I man. was like, no, nah, you got it. That's a must. That's an absolute must. You got to no, keep that I on mean, there. So, Unicornios, Adam King. The Adam King thing was stupid, the, I man. Forgot the <laughs> name. Was I forgot the name Hubbard of the Smith? guy. Hubbard Smith? At the end? Hubbard Smith? Is it Hubbard Smith? Oh, my. Or, or, that and was Peter, Peter Finichichi. Go for the Chi Chi's the one with the t- with hey, the tickets. Look, that was hilarious. The cool the cool <laughs> thing that I respect about Felix, right? Is that people mm. kind of hear him talk about well, maybe he's leaning one way, like if he's if he's he's not talking politics, but he made fun of everybody. Yeah, if both you know, sides. Hubbard, Hubbard is a nutcase conservative. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, the stereotype psychotic right winger. That's what exactly. that's what Hubbard Smith is. So it's hilarious it's to funny, hear man. stuff like it, it's extremely comical it was great twin bill was amazing these twin young bill, guys look man to them. you know these these are these are two young fellas that came in and did their thing they held their ground 100% terrific show 
Speaking of fellas, speaking of fellas, fellas. the fellas right after us came in and wow, man, what a nice, what a nice first show for them. What a nice first show for them. Of course, of course, we had Chef Talk last night. That was, well, Friday, Friday night, because this is again, Sunday, Sunday, uh, Sunday. Friday night. Terrific. But um, to get into things, we got something to start off with. Then we got an interview coming up. Do not miss it with Eli Fishman. Very good friend of the show. Let me tell you guys right now. Eli's terrific. You guys know he's going to spit some so much knowledge at you guys. So get ready for that. You're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. But the first thing I want to start off with is something I talked about already. This is really a story slash non-story. Eric Chavez leaves the Yankees and goes to the Mets. Francis, uh, what are your thoughts? Listen, man, I know that this ran through Twitter this week and caused... I don't know what even what, what you want to call it. They, they, it. It caused a stir. I mean, there were some people who were like physically like angry yeah, yeah. that the Mets would dare snatch our, I don't know, third, fourth string hitting coach <laughs> yeah, right, from, right. from under from under our noses. I mean, I saw some tweets where like, there goes, there goes Steve Cohen snatching a coach from yeah. right under Hal Steinbrenner's nose. I was like, <laughs> do people know that the Yankees had to give them permission to do? I, I don't know. But for whatever reason, it ran through Twitter. It was quite the story. And listen, my take on it is simple. I think I responded to Ozzy Jr. Ozzy Jr. put out like a tweet, you know, saying, you know, to his followers, like, hey, you guys want to know what's going on with this Yankee stuff. And he tagged a couple people from my team. So yeah. I, ju- I obliged. And I was like, look, guys, it's simple, right? The Yankees approach this year to the hitting uh, coach vacancy was they wanted to approach it by committee. They're like, we're going to put a team of guys in place. Not that they didn't always have a team, but like this year it was going to be more team oriented. And even the head guy was going to be a guy whose approach was a little bit more of a committee approach. So they went and they got Dylan Lawson, who's been in our system as a minor league court hitting coordinator since 2018. Right. You're going to hear a little bit more about him later. Eli is going to tell you something about it. Right. That's nice. Right. And that we've been filling out, you know, we go filling out the positions and towards the end. Right. What do we do? We get a veteran guy in Eric Chavez, who's played baseball, who was successful at the major league level to round out the team. The Mets don't have a hitting coach, period. They don't have the guy who's going to lead their guys. So they see the hiring of Eric Chavez and they say, well, he's you know, he's a part of the team over there on the Yankees, but he would be leading the team over here with us. So they reached out to the Yankees and said, Hey, could we, could we, you know, interview this guy? Let's interview him. Could we offer him? Let's see what he could bring to the table because we think he could be the leader of our hitting team over here. The Yankees obliged. He went interviewed the Mets, liked what they heard and saw, and they offered him the lead hitting coach job. Right. Which is a promotion from the job that he had accepted with the Yankees. So naturally he was going to take that promotion and go like, imagine you could be, I don't know how to put this to people, but it's like, instead of like, instead of being like the fourth guy on the team, you know, the fourth of of the starters, you could get promoted to the captain of the team somewhere else. Nine times out of 10, you're going to go where you could be the captain. That's what he was offered. He was offered the head position of the hitting coach over there. And so he went and took his talents over there. Congratulations to him. Very happy for him. You know what I'm saying? Good for him. Um, But this is not a knock on the Yankees, guys. No. And it's it's funny, too, because I can see where people are going or trying to go with it. 
Like yeah. it's it's not that. Like you can make jokes about it and that's cool, whatever. You want to make a little funny joke. Cool. Nobody's upset about that. It is yeah. comical. It's the Mets, of course. Cause yes. look, it wouldn't even be a, a topic of conversation if it was another club. It's just funny because it's the Mets and the Mets are doing all this. And they're the hot ticket right now. Let's be real. The Mets are the hot ticket right now. Steve Cohen's the hot name right now. So, you know, I see where fans were taking that. But again, the guy got a promotion, fam. So it is no um, big, big major story and insult that you could knock the Yankees. It was nothing. He didn't steal anything. Exactly. It's nothing like that. It's not. I think think what the misconception is, is that. He hadn't officially signed with the Yankees, right. and he was still like a free agent. See, that would be different, guys. If he was still like, you know, looking for a job, and he was still in the market, and he was on the verge of a deal with the Yankees, and then the Mets swooped in and said, "No, we're going to land you." Yep, that's different. That would look a little different. Be like, damn, the Mets just came and like ate the Yankees' food type shit. It really wasn't that, bro. Not like the Yankees all. and Eric Chavez agreed to a deal. This happened pre-lockout. I think we. I don't know if we reported on it then. But I, I know we definitely tweeted about it, all yeah. of us, like, hey, can, you know, that's nice, nice pickup or whatever. It was a done deal. And then the lockout comes, and then the Mets decide, hey, you know what? We know that this guy just signed a deal with the Yankees. But, I mean, the season hasn't started. He probably hasn't even started working with their guys yet. Maybe they'd be, you know, open to letting us talk to him so that he could be the lead hitting coach over here. Yeah. So they had to get permission from the from the Yankees to even talk to him because he had already agreed to a deal with the Yankees. So that's what happened. It wasn't like he was still out there and then it was like before he could sign with us, the Mets swooped in. Like, no, he was already like with us. And the Yankees were like, hey, you know, he's got a better it's a better opportunity for him over there. Let him go. Trust and believe if the Yankees saw this guy as a guy's like, no, he's absolutely irreplaceable on our right. team. They wouldn't have let the Mets talk to him. No, you not at all. I mean? That's right. It's not. It's not like they add. They called and asked. Hey, you know, could we talk to Matt Blake? I think if they called, and if I think if anybody calls right now and asks for a conversation with Matt Blake about anything, the Yankees are saying hell no. Go yeah, fuck not happening. Like, you're not. You're not talking to Matt Blake. And if the Yankees, you know, the Yankees also could have gave him the head hitting coach position. If they, they want, that's thank it, you. Well, that's, that's that's a that's a good point that didn't come out yet. If they really were that high on him, as the clearly the Mets are higher on him than the Yankees are. That's right. the point that needs to be made because of what you just said. If the Yankees were that high on him, he would have been the hitting coach. Yeah. But they and they interviewed for a while. I don't know if you guys remember, we covered it on DS. Yep. Towards the end of last season, it took a while for the Yankees to finalize their coaching staff. Yeah. Very like much. Even to the point where we were like, we were like, damn, what's taking so long? Kind of thing. Like to the point, it's still not finalized. <laughs> In exactly, reality, right? now, now exactly. it's still not finalized. It's still not finalized. They took a while to name, you know, to, to appoint Dylan Lawson as the guy. They didn't just from one night to the next say, all right, look, we fired Marcus Timms, we got rid of uh, Pilateri, let's go, and just Dylan's gonna get the job. No, they right. they vetted and they they interviewed a lot of cats and they spoke to a lot of people and then eventually landed on. You know, Dylan Lawson as the guy. Yep. And it's exciting, man. Well, it's not nothing to, guys, nothing to freak out about. I no, know, but not it's like, at all. it's like I tweeted it's funny in response. The Mets, that's all. <laughs> exactly. That's the funny thing. That's and that's what I tweeted. Thing. I was like, guys, if anything, it's it's just hilarious that it happened to be the Mets. the Mets. That's what it is. Right. That's why it's so funny because of everything that happened pre lockout. Correct. With the Mets signing players and the Yankees not signing anybody. And then now this happens and it's just like, oh my God, the Mets are taking. No, don't Met, get me wrong. The Mets are stealing <laughs> our guys. I mean, they're stealing our hype. 
No doubt yeah, about that's, it. That's that a fact. you can make. You could that's say that. And, and they're do they're not showing us up as an owner it. too. We yeah. understand all that. that don't that's make legit. a mistake about it. Yeah, we're yeah, not. We're that, not. We're legit. not stepping back. We're not walking back. What we said about the Mets, you know, overtly taking the hype and being the hotter ticket in New York right now. That's still. That's still in place. Yeah, no. But doubt this about coaching, it. this coaching thing has nothing to do with that. No, guys. not at all. Come on. So with that being said, since there is conversation about coaches on there, I'm going to go ahead and have us cut away to one of our favorite guests on this show. I mean, he really is. Yes, sir. Eli Fishman, our good friend. Guys, you're going to absolutely love this. Check it out right here. What is going on, everybody? We are here with a favorite of the show. I hate being biased, but I got to be. Eli is a favorite of the designated spitters. Eli Fishman, my good friend, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you guys for having me. Always, always a pleasure. Of course, man. Um, you know everything there is to know about Yankees minor leagues. And let me tell you something, man. Fans are very excited about a lot of the guys in the system. So, Francis, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, man. First of all, thanks, Eli, coming back. I mean, after last year, you, we, you came on our episode and then we started to see you like everywhere, everywhere. I'm like, oh, man, this guy is going to be tough to get him back on the show. This guy. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you're here. Uh, like Pete said, there's so many prospects that people want to know about. But the first guy that I wanted to ask about is a guy whose name we kind of heard about last year. But since he's so young, 20 years old, you know, there's a lot still that we have we don't know about him. And that's Everson Pereira. I know he's an outfielder. He had really great numbers last year, right? And he's been thrown in a lot of, like, mock trade talks all over Twitter that, you know, fans are coming up with or whatever. But I'm saying, like, what's this guy ceiling realistically? Like, before people go and throw him into this deal and that deal and whatever, like, what do you think his value is right now realistically? I think his his highest ceiling is definitely an above-average center fielder in Major League Baseball, he's and he not. could definitely definitely do that. Um, the only thing is, you know, you say that a lot and that's the ceiling, but obviously that's not what you're going to get. You know, we always talk about this. You never know how prospects can turn out, but Pereira, the age, man, 20 years old, you know, we talk about Dominguez and everything and Pereira was actually in Dominguez, the same position when he when Pereira was 18 years old, he was playing in low A ball, right? And wow. there was all this hype about Jason Dominguez this year being so young. Everson Pereira did a very similar thing in Staten Island in 2019, when he was 18. So he's so young, very talented, great defender, great defender with the glove okay. in center field, good arm. Um, Yankees fans don't love their strikeouts, and he does strike out a little bit. But <laughs> that's going to come with the power. Um, yep. You know, throughout the organization this past year, a lot of guys really broke out in the power department, especially a young guy named Anthony Volpe. But <laughs> um, Pereira, one stat I saw is if Pereira had as many ad bats as Anthony Volpe in 2021, I think he would have hit 45 home runs, Holy which cow. would have, which would have led, that would have led all of minor league baseball, every team, every affiliate, everything that would have led all of minor league baseball. So what, what we're looking at, it sounds like is a plus defender in center field. We're looking at high potential, high strikeout numbers, but also slugging percentage. Yes. And I, the, the high strikeout percentage is, it feels like it's going up every year. You know, I don't know exactly what his strikeout percentage was, but I'm sure it was like average for, or maybe a little bit above average for the Yankees organization, but not by that much. You know, it's not, yeah, right. it, it's not insane. It's not Joey Gallo. Okay. Yeah. And Eli, he just he strikes out. 
He strikes out. He strikes out. And yeah. that obviously, come on, that's nothing. That's nothing new in baseball yeah. today. That's no. not something that uh, you know scouts are going to say. Well, this guy's not worthy because he strikes yeah. out. Yeah. One of the things I've actually been correlating with is, and and for an example, this is a major league guy. It's kind of off track, but since we're talking about strikeouts and whatnot, I, I just want to throw this out there. Something I've noticed about a lot of guys, if you look at their stats year after year, Matt Chapman being one of them, when his launch angle, not his launch angle, his fly ball percentage has gone up, his hard contact has come down, and his strikeout numbers have gone through the roof, averages drop, all these other numbers drop. And I'm wondering, because I do know that there's a philosophy out there, hit more homers, hit the ball in the air more, but you want to hit in the air with hard hit rate. So you still want to make hard contact. But I feel like a lot of these guys are getting away from who they are to try to become a new type of player and hit some more homers, get that launch angle up, um, um, you know, do what a lot of these analytic numbers are looking for. Is that being, are you noticing anything like that in the minor leagues also? Like for a guy for, like Piera, for, for an example, has, you said his striker numbers have gone up year after year, but the net power numbers seem to have gone up also. Yeah, I don't know if his strikeout numbers have, have actually gone up year after year. I'm not positive about that. I mean, he hasn't played much before right. um, before 2021, but that's definitely part of it. You know, I feel like the game is shifting in a direction where instead of hitting the ball 110 miles per hour back off the pitcher's head, mm-hmm. you're trying to hit it over the fence and not necessarily right. up the middle. So I feel like that's the direction the game of baseball is going in. And obviously in the minor leagues, you know, I've very much noticed that. That's something that's going to continue to to keep going and going. Um, and, you know, with Pereira, the the value is just so high that the, the strikeout rate and all that, like, it's it's not wor- – it's not – it doesn't make you worry considering, um, you know, where he is and where the game of baseball is going because all of these prospects really kind of do fall into that category. And, Eli, he is cur- – he's ranked roughly like mid-pack everywhere, correct? On top yeah, 30s around – I have him – on my top 30, I have him at number 12. Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, just, I guess, a follow-up question really quickly. Um, when do you, what do you think his ETA is to MLB? I would say 2023. Nice. Um, 2023. Maybe a little bit later in the seat. Maybe a little bit later in 2023. This year, he's probably going to be um, high A, double A. And then, you know, triple A major leagues is in all likelihood 2023. So he's going to be 21 when he makes his big league debut. If that's, that's what I'm saying, we got, we got um, another situation where it's going to be like labor. <laughs> They're going to be yeah. like, he's only 21. He's only 22. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is with the rule five draft, there was so much, that was like, that's my favorite day of the year when all the You're prospects right. got added. You broke stuff. all the news, Eli, you broke <laughs> all the news. <laughs> yep. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun day. Um, and like, just to comment on that with Pereira and all the guys that were added to the 40 man, you know, we saw how good the players were that were bumped off the 40 man and released in order yep. for these guys to be added. And the whole thing with the rule five draft is Pereira, if he was picked in the draft would have to stay on an MLB roster all season Here, in 2022. Yeah. So what him being added to the 40-man roster at 20 years old means is that the Yankees are so confident in his abilities to play for them and confident that he would be picked up in a Rule 5 draft and another team could keep him on their MLB roster for his age 20 season. Yeah, so that yeah. puts it in perspective a little a little bit about how talented he is and how talented, how highly the Yankees think of him um, to add him to that, um, 
add him to the 40-man roster, especially when, you know, he was definitely in trade talks. I'm sure Brian Cashman was pitching him to a lot of teams, obviously part of the uh, the Joey Gallo trade rumors at first. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a market for him, and that, that goes to show that, that he's he's a darn good prospect. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's something I want to touch on, but I'm going to touch on this a little later because mm-hmm. I, I sense another really nice crop of Yankee prospects coming, getting close all together at one time. Mm-hmm. And even more to reason, they should go out there and spend money. But we'll get to that. We're going to get to that eventually. Two pitchers I want to ask you about. Hayden Wesneski and J.P. Sears. These are two guys. I know Wesneski is a big Texas kid. Sears, a lefty. Can you give us a little background on both of these guys and where they kind of project in the system? To start with Sears, I absolutely love him. I've been watching, you know, I saw him in 2019 or maybe it was 2018 in, uh, in Tampa, you know, when it was the low A affiliate for the Yankees. Mm. And he just really impressed. Like, he's a little lefty, um, not very big at all, throws relatively hard mid-90s, but his fastball, I, you know, they say it's the spin rate. Um, yeah. It's just one of those fastballs that just misses bats. Like, it's just one of those fastballs that, that doesn't get barreled up very often at all, gets a lot of swing and misses out of the zone with that fastball. Uh, I think he's also got a nice slider and changeup, um, and he's got a very deceptive delivery. He kind of like comes back really short and then goes out long. Um, and watching him, him in Somerset this year was definitely a treat. He's really, really impressive. Um, and again, added to the forty-man roster was yep. was great to see um, for a guy that's been grinding in the minors for a while and really had a breakout year this year. As for Wesneski. The stuff is is definitely there. Um, you know, he he impressed. He blew through high A, double A, triple A. But the tough part about what I have to say is three of the starts I saw this year for him, he didn't make it through two or three innings. You know, he really struggled in double A in a few of the starts. Um, you know, he's another guy with, with a lot of spin rate and a lot of movement on all of his pitches. But there were some games in double A where – just his fastball, like just got just got hit very very hard. Yeah. So mm. I'm honestly not insanely high on him. That doesn't mean he's going to be. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a big time player, and he could be and may very well be at in the Yankee or in the big leagues with the Yankees at some point this season. Um, they brought him up to AAA at the end of the year when Somerset season ended for a couple of weeks, which means they think very highly of him. And again, he's a very very young guy, a 2019 draft pick, so he's only. This was really his first full professional season, yeah. and he made it all the way to all the way up to AAA, yep. which is insanely impressive. So, you know, there's there's a lot to like about him, but me personally, um, I'm not as high on him as as other people, and I'm a little bit skeptical, especially with the fastball. But he is very accurate. He throws a lot of strikes. That's one thing one I really the, like. One of the things I was told about Sears and Wesneski is that a lot of people believe they both end up in a bullpen. Yeah, Sears. I I could see that with Wesneski. Um, I think he honestly could actually maybe see him more as a starter, just because, as I said, he's not a guy that has you know an insane Luis Medina curveball, hundred mile per right. hour fastball that he's going to wipe guys away. He's more of you know a throw strikes finesse type play, of guy, kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and with Sears, he's done both throughout his whole minor league career. Um. I know in 2021, he bounced back every couple of weeks. They threw him in for a start role. And then, you know, the next week they put him in the bullpen just to mm-hmm. get him experience as both. So I think we could definitely see Sears in the bullpen and maybe making some spot starts for the big league team this year. Nice. Um, because 
you know, he's he's got a very versatile repertoire, and he's a guy that could – I would have so much confidence in him making a start for, their, for the Yankees at any point this year, and Yankees oh. fans very much should. Mm. He was a steal, too. He, they got him in the uh, – oh, which trade was it? I think it was it – was, I'm trying to remember. To the Mariners. It wasn't the Justice Sheffield trade, but it was – Mm. Um, they got him. They, he was like in rookie ball. It was his. I don't even know if he'd made his professional debut, and the Yankees just had him thrown in. Um, but he was an absolute steal. I can't. Re- I can't believe I don't remember which trade I'll that f- was. I'll find it, uh, France. You could go on to the next question. When I find yeah. it, I'm just gonna jump in and just scream it out of nowhere. All right. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking. I'm like, I remember we've done two like pretty big deals with them. Not pretty big, but like two deals with them that I remember recently. Paxton, one of them, or whatever. And maybe it was the patent. Oh, Maybe Nick Rumbelow, Nick Rumbelow deal. Nick Rumbelow, Nick Rumbelow deal. They there got uh, go. Guan Then also, but um, yeah, that didn't go nowhere. I think he's gone now, wasn't he? Guan Then got traded, right? He got, he got picked back up to the Mariners. Back to the Mariners. Back That's to what it was. Okay, go. I knew it was something like that. There you go. Well, speaking of another guy who got kind of a taste of his first professional action in 2021, uh, the highly touted, super hyped up next Mike Trout, <laughs> Jason Dominguez. Um, it's uh, you know, like I said, he got his first action, but like I said, he's still pretty raw, right? I mean, that's what we've gotten, that's what we've heard so far, uh, from, you know, how he fared this year. But like I said, there's still like an insane amount of hype around this guy. So I guess my first question is, how far away from the majors do you think he is realistically? We all know he's he's a baby, he's still young, right? So how far you think he still is from the majors realistically, and I'll follow up after you answer this, actually. All right. So he was in low A. He did rookie ball low A last year. So this year, 2022, he's going to do low A, high A. 2023, high A, double A. 2024, triple A big leagues is kind of the path. So 2024 would be the the aim year around there as in terms of his path right now. Um, so, so, yeah. So – that being said, 2024 being like the realistic time that you could see him actually being on a major league team. If his name came up as like a starter in a big trade talk for the New York Yankees and you and you're at the helm, would you move him if it was for the right deal, like for the right name, somebody who you felt you couldn't pass up? Or is he somebody that in your eyes is absolutely untouchable right now? I wouldn't say he's untouchable. I honestly okay. wouldn't. Um, because in the right situation, like obviously the Yankees don't want to trade Jason Dominguez. But one thing I saw on MLB Network was the trade pitch. It was Byron Buxton for Jason Dominguez straight up. And I said, yes. Oh, I wow. Said, Absolutely. Wow. Because Even with the injury history. So luck- Yes. Byron Buxton is one of my, one of my, you know, personal favorite player center fielders. When he's healthy, he's a, top 10 player in the game Jason Dominguez think about how lucky the Yankees would be if Jason Dominguez turns out to be Byron Buxton and the kids 18 years old in in low a barely got a taste of low a this season so I would 100% pull the trigger in a trade like that and in in the right deal I would so I wouldn't say he's untouchable um but you know, the Yankees, obviously, think about the look it would be on Brian Cashman. The, the GM's biggest worry when, when you know, the GMs make the trade. They're not like Billy being like, oh, in Moneyball, like, you know, oh, I don't care. Like, yeah. The media 
or my owner or whatever. They could think whatever they want about me. That's not how it actually is. A, a GM's biggest worry is like a Bobby Bonilla type of thing where you're paying yeah, yeah, yeah. a gazillion dollars forever yeah, or those yeah. kind of deals. That's that's the GM's biggest worry. And trading Jason Dominguez, it also just wouldn't be a good look. So I do not at all expect the Yankees to trade Jason Dominguez. Yep. But um, me personally, I would 100% pull the trigger <laughs> in the right situation. Yeah, and uh, Sweeney Murdy actually brought that up to me. He was like, the reason they won't ever trade him, he doesn't think, they invested a lot in him. Yeah, that's they, they true. invested a lot of I, money in this biggest, guy. Biggest international signing aside for uh, I think out of um out of Central America. Yeah, so I mean they, they invested a lot of money to get him back out to to get him here, and you know they want to see that investment pay off for them. They don't want to see it pay off for somebody else. Right. But I'm there yeah. with you, you know, for bucks, and I'm like, yeah, maybe. But um, for me, I know I put a I put a couple of tweets out there, some videos, just um shooting the shit basically. And I remember talking about, well, the Yankees go out there and get a guy like uh, Brian Reynolds. I mean, yes, of course. Of mm-hmm. course you deal Dominguez in a deal like that. I mean, because like you said about where Bucks in, if you're able to acquire, like you said, uh, if he's healthy, a top 10 player in the league, you do that because your hope is that Dominguez is that. But there's no guarantee of that. Mm-hmm. So to be able to get somebody like that, I think you have to be very open to making those type of decisions. Uh, Francis, you had anything else on Dominguez? Yeah, um, like I said, I mentioned, and a lot of people have mentioned, he's still pretty raw right now. Like, what's your assessment of that? Like, when people say, like, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of things to work on. Like, what what have you seen that you're like, okay, like, yeah, he's really got to work on these things in 2022 to, like, take that next step? Yeah, the swing and miss department, definitely, you know, as we talk about, <laughs> that's, it's just a trend. It's just a trend. And yeah. for a guy who who has as much power as Dominguez, it's going to come. Um, and he's very, very raw. I mean, he's 18. He's 18 years old. Like, cut it off at that. He's yeah. younger. Is he? No, he's he's like a couple months older than me. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, like, that's that right there should be your answer as to how, how young he is. And, like, one thing I keep saying is he hit a ball 430 feet off of Vince Velasquez on a rehab yes, start in low A. Vince Velasquez has like eight years of big league experience. I'm sure he's like in his early thirties and an 18 year old hit a ball 430 feet for a home run off of him. Like that, that I feel should put it in perspective. Everything I'm saying a little bit as to how young he is, how raw he is, but also how much potential there is. Um, And I did write a little bit of like a scouting report for, for prospects 1500 about Dominguez. If you guys should check that out. Um, the listeners too but um, one thing I did say is the muscle on him and his his build is a little bit worrisome for me mm-hmm. because, I've, said, I've said that for a while myself yeah especially at his age right now yeah because yeah, unless so if he even if he doesn't gain any more muscle and just works on agility there's even a little bit worry about the speed yeah. staying there yeah. and being mm-hmm. able to play center field staying there but if the Yankees really want this you know, he would have to lose muscle if he wanted to be a five-tool guy. You know, if you want to cut out the speed, he would have to work on agility and be a four-tool, above-average guy. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, if he continues to gain muscle and continues to be a power hitter, he could be an insane power hitter, you know, insane. But the the defense and speed would, would drop. So there's very much, a I guess, I would say a predicament that, the Yankees and Dominguez are in with that situation 
um, and deciding exactly how they want his development to go. And I'm very curious to see that. And I'm a little bit curious to see what kind of shape he shows up um, in spring training. And, you know, the drills drills he's been doing, hopefully he'll post some off-season workout videos because that's <laughs> the only taste baseball right. fans are getting of, of anything right now. But, mm-hmm. but, yeah, just overall, Dominguez is so exciting, so fun to watch. Um, and so much the pressure on him is, is crazy and the, the hype about him is crazy. And seeing how, he ha- seeing how he plays, seeing how he handles himself, given all this pressure, has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, obviously, you're hoping for the best with him and, and hoping that he does turn out to be the hype. Yeah. Yeah, man. One of the things, um, it's funny because that reminds me of the of an Ozzie Guillen story when he was with the Marlins and Marlins ownership were like, oh, Miguel Cabrera is going to be a great shortstop. He's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. He can't. Yeah. His body, his body's way too big. He's going to grow way big. Oh, no, he'll be a shortstop. No, he's not. And they got mad at Ozzie for, for saying that. But Ozzie was right. He's like, I told you. There's no way everybody be a shortstop. Yeah, everybody keeps saying that about all obviously the Yankee shortstops in their system is crazy. Peraza, Volpe, Vargas, um, and then Sweeney Arius, and then Roderick Arius, Arius is gonna be there. Coming up. And what I was gonna say about about Roderick is everyone's like, Oh, we don't need another shortstop. I'm like, he's 16 years old. Miguel Cabrera was a shortstop. Right. Remember, I don't know if you guys know Dermis Garcia, who was yes, in the Yankees course. system. He started, he was, I got a question. What, he started he, as a shortstop. He started it, as a shortstop. Wasn't he going to be converted to a pitcher, too, at one point? I don't know. I never heard anything about that. I swore I heard that. There was, there was this article. I know, what you're, ta- I know yeah. what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I remember hearing was it. Was it him? I'm pretty sure it was Dermis I feel like, Garcia. Yeah, because I, feel, I followed I him for a while because he was like a hype train early on. Yeah. And you would hit moonshots and all this, but the average was always very low, and he never kind of fulfilled what people thought he would be. He and has then, a high strikeout rate. Talk about strikeout. very high, very high strikeout rate. <laughs> I think so, it was close to fifty percent. Oh my goodness! Um, hey, he could be he could be at the major league roster, and they love that. But um, I want to ask up. you, right? I want to ask you this question because there's a lot of these guys out there. And I think people like me, Francis, you, of course, who follows a lot of the minor league stuff, we might have our own ideas. Maybe some of the fans who don't. Who's an outfield prospect that you don't hear about a lot that fans really should keep an eye on this year? Um, there's a solid amount, actually, at the lower levels that they, that they have that I'm looking forward to. Elijah Dunham. Um, is one in particular, left-handed bat, right fielder. I think he plays left field too. Had a big-time season this year. He was an undrafted free agent in in 2020. So this was his first year. He played in low A and high A, Hudson Valley. Um, Had a great season, then went to the Arizona Fall League, absolutely tore it up in the fall. I think he hit 360-something, was the comeback or the – yeah, it was the – I don't know if it was comeback or uh, something like that, like biggest improvement player of the year. Um, in the Arizona Fall League and was an all-star there. He's he's very talented, a lot of speed, fun to watch. Um, a guy who I always talk about is, I just freaking love this kid, Madison Santos. He got a few games in low A this season. He's an outfielder. He's like really, really small. Uh, the comp a little bit is Brett Gardner. He's really mm. small, mm. really fast. He's very good on the bases, very good defender. The hit tool is is okay, not very much power, but the potential for power. And he's he's very far away and, again, very raw. But, like, I would have a lot of confidence if he's only played, I think, 15 games in low A above rookie ball. 
but I would have so much confidence. This is how much I like him in being a bench guy on the Yankees right now, despite, and he could skip a ball, double A, triple A and put him on the bench because great defender, a lot of speed, the lefty bat with the potential for pop. So I, I love that kid. Um, and I'm really hoping for a breakout season for him, him this year. He had a solid year in rookie ball. Then when he went to low A, had a little bit of struggles. Um, another guy is who, who I always skip over because he's so underrated is Brandon Lockridge. So mm -hmm. he was actually, he was yep. not added to the 40 man. So technically he's rule five eligible, but however, this lockout looks as of right now, he's still Yankee. So hopefully he stays that way, but he's a, he's a center fielder um, with a lot of speed on the bases, a lot, very good, very good hit tool, you know, hits the ball extremely hard. He was a lot of fun to watch in, in Somerset this year. So him, um, Ryder Green was uh, is a guy who I really like, who was a third round pick. I want to say 2017, um, and his has the powers. His powers is insane. He had a ball over the batter's eye at George Steinbrenner Field um, mm -hmm. this season, but he's another guy, and he's a great defender. But he's another guy who's who's very raw and mm -hmm. some ways away. But Lockridge and Dunham are the top two guys to keep an eye on. And then Santos, uh, I love him. He's he's a sleeper. Nice. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it back to a name that you know a lot of people have been hearing nonstop about. You we already mentioned him. Pete met him a little while ago, um, and this is the number one prospect in the Yankee system, Mister Anthony Volpe himself. Not just number one in the Yankee system, number fifteen in all of MLB, which is which was a huge jump last year. And we're, we're super proud of him for this, the year he put together and the fact that, yeah, he's putting the entire league on notice about what he can do. He seems like a keeper at this point, right? So I'm not like, I, I don't really see the Yankees moving him. Like the same way that you said with Dominguez, like it, it'd be a bad look. I think at this point right now, it'd be an even worse look if they move Volpe. Um, so be that as it may. What do you think his production looks like when he finally arrives at the MLB level? Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. You know, I hate to go with the Astros left side of the infield. I love it. Those, I, I hey, love it. You could go I, with that all day. Hey, you know, listen, look, but, I'm not an Astros hater in that sense. Those guys are damn good ball players. Talent so is talent. Talent is talent. Talent is talent. That's great. That's great to hear. It's a very high ceiling, but I think those two guys are very, very comparable to him especially Altuve on the defensive front. You know, Volpe, okay. I always say he's a he's, Volpe's a freaking wizard defensively um, at shortstop. And yep. um, maybe we see him move over to second. Maybe we see him move over to third. Um, be that as it may. And, and Bregman's swing is definitely a little bit comparable to him. And, and mm -hmm. Altuve's I see a little bit because of they're all three of those guys, Volpe, Bregman, Domingue, or, and um, Altuve are very, very small guys yes. that, that A yeah. – put the ball in play a lot are mm -hmm. very fast and out of nowhere when you least expect it will hit a ball 450 feet yep. <laughs> all three of those guys especially mm -hmm. considering how little they are yeah, so yeah. I feel like that is very much around Volpe's ceiling um mm -hmm. you know he's he's right now he looks like he looks like he's going to be a big league star and he in my opinion I think is the only untouchable Yankees prospect Exactly you what cannot I've said. I agree. That's exactly I what, what I've said for a I while. Agree. And you know, you're right, Eli. Um, 
when I had the pleasure of meeting him and hearing him speak and talking to him for a few minutes, the one thing I remember turning around to my friend after he left is how in the hell does this kid hit a ball 420 plus feet? Yeah. He's small. It's crazy. He's not big at all. Like at all. Like even when I'm next to him, I'm like, damn, you know, I'm, I'm what? Five, five, 11, you know, two, oh, two, 10, two, oh, five. And I'm like, You're man, I'm, I'm way, bigger way bigger than him. him. Way bigger than him. Even my hands, when I shook his hand, I'm like, man, we've got no big hands on. He's like, <laughs> he's not like, where are you getting this from? And I say, you know what it is? It's the pasta. It's the Italianness. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Italianness. Um, no, man. But um, he was, he was, power. he was great to listen to, you know, just, and it, it reminds me so much of Derek Jeter. You know, it's I know. Father, just the way fa- he speaks. And his just family history, speaks. just like the history of him talking about his face. Like his father's a doctor. Michael Volpe he's a great guy. Fan of the show, shout out to Michael Volpe, Facts. and you know his grandfather in World War II, and just the way he spoke about them. And I, I'm so happy I filmed that. Um, he and then even hearing um, uh, just the, his his previous coaches talk about him and like where his mindset is, and even hearing him talk, just saying I want to get you know I had everybody knows you had a great year, but he's like it's not enough. Like that mm. that's not where I want to be. I want to be even better. There's things I didn't do good that I know I need to improve on. So there's certain things in some players' minds when you watch them, you hear them talk like, ah, I don't, I don't know. This kid, you're like, he does. Like yeah. he is, he is all, you could tell when people talk about hard work, this dude is obsessed with being great. Mm. And I think that's something that you can't teach. That mm. just comes with the person. And this is a guy that look, if he ever did turn out as a bust, make him a bust on your team. You have to hold him. You will yeah. never look wrong for holding on to this guy and not dealing him. Yeah. You have to hold Anthony Volpe. And I agree with you. He's the only guy I do not move. Yeah, for me, it he's doesn't, the only It doesn't stop me from getting Correa. Because, I, like you said, this kid could still move other places if need be, or Correa could go to third base. Like, like Gary Sheffield Jr. said the other day, if there's a back problem, put him at third base. Put exactly. Correa at third base if that's the issue. You got Volpe at short. And if you're that high on him, let's be real. Volpe's not far away. He's not. I would have confidence. I keep saying this about him and Peraza. Yes, they have ways to go, but I would still have right confidence now. in them putting at shortstop as my opening day shortstop. Yep. 100% confident. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm So I guess my, my only my follow up with Volpe is just like, I mean, I think MLB, I think the MLB prospect thing, which to me is always all off. I think they had him. It's 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 like really, it's always just a little bit late, not all off. I don't want to, you know, crap on him, but I think they had Volpe at like ETA 2024 a little while ago, right? Um, I don't know if they still have that. Maybe they updated it. But I'm like, 2024 at this point seems really late for them. 2023 right now. Right now. Yeah, they, so they updated it. Seeing, yeah. So they updated to 2023. Okay. But even that, like 2023, like, I, I, I wonder if they're saying like end of the year 2023. Because it's like, for me, it's like the way I'm looking at him. I think he's like he's either on the opening day roster in 2023 or he's like that first call up once they have that thing so they can manipulate the service time. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely starting in double A this year. Yep, so yeah. if he performs anywhere near the way he did last season, yep. he is however they ma- manipulate the service time the day <laughs> they can. He's getting called up to the big leagues in 2023. He might be the big league opening day shortstop in 2023. And yeah. If he if he really produces, you know, I think the Yankees definitely want to take their time with him. But Double A is really one call from the big leagues. That's, That's right. It's, it's any really any like scout. It. I always tell everybody this. Every scout I've ever spoke to told me the best, the biggest jump 
is to double A because that's where all yes. the legitimate guys really are. Yeah. Triple A, you got a lot of your journeymen there. Guys can eat up on that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Double A is a pure talent pool. And it really said all the talent guys. is there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Volpe, I, I'm, I mean, my goodness, the, the hype I have on him myself of just hoping that he does well is, is really off the charts. And, and not just because of him, it, because what it does to the Yankees and what it would mm-hmm. do to have a guy like this. Because this is a guy I think also, too, he's not going to come in and be like, oh, well, uh, I'm happy I'm here. I feel like this kid is going to be like, I'm, I'm part of this damn club. Like, I'm, I'm here. I, I want to be a leader of this team. I don't want to just yeah. sit back. Like, I want to win. And that's what this team really, really needs. Um, and, you know, I saw somebody talk about the other day. They got to build guys around who they have, like with judge. Well, these guys' window is kind of getting to that point of where they're now no longer prospects anywhere near that. They are going to be signed long term. So yeah. one of the things I wanted to bring up early that we were getting to is there's a very nice crop of young Yankee prospects coming up. And this is one of the main reasons why I feel like spending money on big name players right now is extremely important because you have your, your Everson Pierre, you have your Volpe, you have your Peraza, you have, uh, even if you want to see a guy like Floriel, that could be a fourth outfielder, maybe a starter, hit for some homers, bat low average, strikeout rates, we know all that. But I just feel like with this young crop coming up, we didn't even talk about Austin Wells. We didn't talk about mm-hmm. um, Medina, Luis Heel, who we saw. But do you get that same sense that now at the upper levels, there's a huge crop of talent that this team has, whether you trade some of those guys for an Olsen and improve your team, there's so many different routes you could take. But do you agree with the sentiment that maybe you do go out there and spend now because you do have a lot of these this youth pool coming up that could infuse this team and get rid of some of those l- larger salaries? Absolutely. I think you definitely need to spend the big bucks. And what I keep saying is spend it at the positions that you really need. You look at first base and you look at center field, in my opinion, as two very, very big spending spots um, where you need to spend a boatload of money because at shortstop, you do have all those prospects. And, you know, at center field and in outfield, there are a solid amount of, of guys. And first base, there's absolutely no one. The Yankees' biggest spending spot, in my opinion, should be first base. Um, but there's, there's definitely so much talent that is coming up that you can look so far into the future to see and hope that the next big money you're going to spend after you get hopefully like a Freddie Freeman or Brian Reynolds or whoever it may be, that the next time you're going to spend money is in five, six years when you're going to have to sign these guys to the same extensions that you're going to have to sign Aaron Judge to. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's the most positive optimistic outlook you can have and I think that's the outlook the Yankees need to have and I know there was so much hate on them for not making any moves at the beginning of this offseason pre-lockout but I think Brian Cashman I have confidence that he definitely will come out firing when this lockout ends and will do the job that he needs to do in order to spend this money and in order to make this team look like a darn good team come opening day listen I got Two more questions, but these are probably the two most important ones on my list. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> the two most important ones. This one is very near and dear to my heart because I have been deceived, if you will. A guy, by the, a, a guy by the name of Gary Sanchez. Oh, it is. Oh, my God. I was just joking. A guy by the name of Gary Sanchez, you know, came up and, you know, showed just amazing, amazing ability, um, you know, as a hitter, right? Came up, 
looked like one of the best pure hitters I'd seen in a very long time. Um, somewhere along the way, he seems to have been broken. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's been the focus, the shift of focus to defense and all these other things. I don't want to get into why Gary Sanchez hasn't really worked out, but be that as it may, he's got one more year left before he hits free agency. Now, I don't personally think that the Yankees should re-sign Gary Sanchez. I think that the time for Gary, the time to move on from Gary Sanchez was last offseason. They kept him. Now, this offseason, I was like, well, maybe they'll move on from him. We don't know yet. There's a lockout going on. We have no idea what they're going to do. Maybe they do trade him with the whole, you know, the advent of the DH going to the National League. He becomes really attractive. Who knows? If not, he's going to be our catcher this year, and there's really nothing I personally can do about it. But after this year, he hits free agency. And so I'm imagining he's probably, you know, that's where the Yankees and him part ways. Is there a prospect right now that you could see the Yankees saying, look, we're going to let Sanchez walk. And in 2023, we're going to give this guy a shot. Nope, there's not. Next guy is Antonio Gomez. Mm. You know, as, as I talk about a lot, um, he's so far away in terms of development. And mm. let's see, he's, he's 19, was in rookie ball, low A, high A, around 2024 for him, you know that's around there so and also you know you never now know how he's going to look in terms of a prospect in in two years being that he's 19 years old austin wells i'll say and i'll keep saying it is not going to play not a catcher um if yankees fans didn't like gary sanchez they would absolutely (laughs) shoot (laughs) themselves in the head with austin wells behind the plate right um you know josh bro the yankees left off the left off the 40-man roster and he's a backup catcher at best who's going to mm-hmm. give you a lot of power. Um, and he's, he's a, he's a darn good catcher. Josh bro, um, especially offensively, the pop is insane, but he is not a starting big league catcher. And there's, you know, not really any in the Yankees system right now, aside from Gomez in 2024, in my opinion. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to go make some moves at the catcher position. So, so yeah, basically, what we're what we're looking at here is they are in quite the pickle at the catcher's position, because if if Gary Sanchez isn't what he, we thought he was going to be, and they don't have anybody on the horizon close enough in twenty twenty for twenty twenty three at least, something's got to be done. And like we don't know what the free agent market's going to look like after this year or anything for catchers either. So that's an interesting one. Very that's an interesting yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Ness. You you brought up um, I know France, I know you got another question. Um, I just want to mm-hmm. throw something in, then you could take that next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very interesting, Eli, too, that you bring up center. Matter of fact, I do got somebody that I want to ask you about. Um, talk about center field. You you talk about the areas they should really look to spend money in catcher, of course, being one of them, because yeah, we've all heard that, you know, even private conversations I had that. I, I've been told multiple times, like, yeah, it's a horror show behind the plate. It's definitely not a major league catcher when it comes to Austin Wells. Bat-wise, everybody loves him. But when it, and when it comes to the catching side, it's like, no, it's it's just that's that's not going to work. Um, but I want to talk about Santa Fe real quick and a player that I absolutely love. And I think people really just look at the numbers in AAA and go, oh, well, this guy can't play. That's Devon Florio. I don't think this kid, unfortunately, ever gets a shot with the Yankees. I think he's a better player, in my honest opinion, knowing potential health-wise. I know there's some injury history, too, with, with Florio, But center field, we have Aaron Hicks out there. 
who a lot of analytics people look back at 2018, and he had a great year in 2018. We know that. The 20-plus homers, on-base percentage almost 400, terrific season. Never been that guy since then. Feels like he's slowed down a lot. Getting $10 million a year, we know that. What, what is the projection for you when it comes to Estevan Florial? Does this guy have a shot at all about maybe a fourth outfield? Does he have a shot at all about being a center fielder for the Yankees? Do they like him enough to be a center fielder? I don't know in terms of how the Yankees feel about him, but also you talk about the AAA stats and 24 big league at bat, the guy's hitting like 305. Thank um, you. With a homer. And, you know, he's definitely a guy... I honestly don't know, don't think Everson, or not Everson Pereira, Esteban Florial could be a starting center fielder for the Yankees. Okay. A fourth outfielder or a guy to split time with Aaron Hicks who could be a great contributor, a speedy guy off the bench and play a darn good mm-hmm. center field, 100%. He could be a great yep. contributor. Um, and I think that another thing, again, the strikeouts in AAA are a bit worrisome, are, are solidly worrisome as – um, as someone looking on it, looking at it from the outside and looking at those statistics, but you know, watching him this, in the past couple of years, when he hits the ball, he hits it very well and very, very far when he squares one up. And you know, Yankees love their lefties with the short porch at Yankee Stadium. You, the speed is something very much missing on this Yankee yep. team. Yep, he's runs the base as well. Yep. plays the outfield well. He would be a very, very valuable piece to this team in my opinion, but not really a starter. And here's the thing, Francis, before you get to your next question, um, that I want to just wrap up with Florial and why I'm so high on him and I like him so much. You summed it up, right? We need athletes on this team. He's an athlete. His body type is 100% athlete. He's fast. He could run. He could steal bases. He could go first to third. This team doesn't do a lot. He could score from first on a double. This team doesn't do a lot. Uh, again, like you said, good glove in center field and pop. And the one thing you a lot of players love, not players, but teams love is a guy who could draw walks. He does that. He did it at this level when he was up. He almost walked as many times as he struck out. Yes, very small sample size. I get that. But he takes pitches in at-bats. He could, he'll get on base. He hits for power. Average may not be 250. Might be low 200s. Might be 210, 215. But like you said, even if you don't see him in, as, a, as a starter in center field, it's a hell of a bench bat. Hell of a guy to have off Absolutely. the bench. Especially for this team. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you real quick, just to like, uh, I guess, put a button on the Florial stuff. Like if you had the choice, right, resign Brett Gardner for your fourth outfield position this year or just keep Florial up as your fourth outfielder this year. And it was your decision, Eli. What do you go with? Brett, Eli, uh, Brett or Esteban? <laughs> I would I would be making a bunch of moves and I would trade Florial because his value is so high. If you can get the right contract, that's not like six, seven million dollars for Brett Gardner, and then you do it, you know, save a couple million dollars um, yeah. because Florial's trade value is very high. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Brian Cashman is, has, and will shop him because you have Brett Gardner in your back pocket, no matter what. He, Brett Gardner is going to be a guy if the Yankees do need him and do decide they want him in the fourth outfield position. And if I were to say, just in general, you know, scratch all the contracts, scratch any of that, Brett Gardner, Esteban Florial, I would 100% take Brett Gardner any day of the week mm. for the next ye- couple of years. Um, so so that would be my answer to that question. Gardner definitely provides more, especially as a veteran. He's a lot faster than Florial. Well, Florial yeah. is fast, but, you know, not insanely fast, probably 
you know, 55, 60 grade speed on the, on the 80 grade scouting scale. So it's about 30 good, points higher than most Yankees right now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Basically, right up there. <laughs> basically. All right. Um, yeah, I got my, my last question. And then I guess whatever is, uh, is about a guy who's been with our system minor leagues since 2018, but he's not a player, right? It's a guy who's been coaching for us since about 2018 and he's been our hitting coach. And now he's finally got the call up, I guess, if you will, to the big leagues and he's going to be at the helm for the Yankees in 2022 and Mr. Dylan Lawson. Now, my biggest question here is what do you, I mean, you knowing what you do about prospects and knowing what you do about the minor league system in general have had, obviously have a lot of information on like what this guy's, you know, outlook is. So what do you think he's going to bring to the big league club in 2022? What do you think the Yankees saw in him that they said, we need this guy up with the guys at the major league level? Think about everything we've just said in this interview, how much talent there is in this system, how many guys had breakout years this year, how Anthony Volpe can hit 28 home runs when he is a couple inches shorter than Pete, how every how you know just how impressive the system was offensively this season um you know the base stealing department is something we we haven't even touched on in terms of how impressive the minor leagues was Mm -hmm. with taking that extra base this season and that's something they definitely worked on something Volpe definitely worked on um you know Oswaldo Cabrera's breakout season uh Volpe Pereira all these guys Dylan Lawson is the man for all that. He was the Yankees hitting coordinator and the whole hit strikes hard philosophy, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk a lot about Lawson implemented that. And he has mm-hmm. been at the forefront of bringing that into the system, bring a lot of new, a mix of new school analytics and the, the blast motion sensor, which in batting practice and ramping the machine up to 105 miles per hour for batting practice. Um, really tough pregame, batting drills is, is, is one thing. Uh, being a lot more patient at the plate is something that he definitely preaches. And just how successful the Yankees system was this season with the bat is very indicative of Dylan Lawson's philosophy and how much he can help this, this big, league, big league team and bring, bring it um, to them. And I definitely think he fits that role of a mix of a little bit of old school, put the ball in play, and hit and swing at strikes and work work walks. And when you do swing at those strikes, make sure it's the best possible 100% effort swing that you can to hit the ball over the center field fence. Mm. So um, I feel like that is definitely something that Yankees fans could look forward to. And, and hopefully he can fix a lot of the Yankees. The Yankees troubles this season and uh, you know not Casey Dykes too was brought on as yep. his assistant hitting coach who was the triple-a hitting coach and was under Lawson's wing and Joe Migliaccio who was the double-a hitting coach who was also under Lawson's wing was promoted to the hitting coordinator so all this ripple effect is just from the Yankees minor league success and what Brian Cashman and this Yankees front office staff saw from the development throughout the minors so I think that's why he's on board and that's what he's going to do. That's exciting. That's exciting. I'm really happy to hear like it's a nice mix of like the traditional put the ball in play stuff, but then also, you know, bringing that new school analytics to it. I'll be honest. I'm more excited that there's a traditional aspect to it because I feel like everybody's like preaching like the new school analytics stuff and every you can find that 
everywhere now because they know that that's what's in and like that's what people are going to like try to promote about themselves if they're looking for a position with a major league team so the traditional aspect to it really excites me i just love though the um to, to add one more thing is like the the 100% effort every swing is is my favorite thing yeah. um because i'm not the biggest fan of two strikes hit the ball the other way put it in play or trying to hit a ground ball up the middle it's maximizing you know as as we keep talking about the the ability for a professional baseball player with as much power and as much strength as these guys have even an anthony volpe to hit the ball out of the park that the ability to do that is so big not to take advantage of that and that's what i think he did a great job doing is maximizing the swings where the ball is going to leave the ballpark well, last thing I have for you, Eli, I got to put you on the spot a little bit, man. Lockout ends. What do the Yankees do? Just your prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I got to put you on the spot. Um, it's, it's just hard not to imagine after the way this offseason is gone, Carlos Correa on the Yankees. And honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, the... The contract is is my biggest worry. I think maybe they could get Trevor Story on like a relatively cheaper four or five year deal, maybe even a little bit shorter. Um, get a put put down a solid money amount of money at shortstop. But what I keep saying is I want Freddie Freeman as my first baseman, um, especially because you know you talk about all like the Brian Reynolds and the Matt Olsons and all these guys. We're going to have to give up a lot of prospects. Yankee, you know, prospects run out a couple, you know, a couple top prospects and the Yankee system isn't nearly as sharp and you don't have as much future to look forward to. The Yankees have a lot of have a lot of money in their pocket, as we know. Um, So I think spending it on this is one of the best, maybe the best free agent class in a long, long time. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of. Even put a, I would be very happy with Anthony Rizzo too at first base and putting a, yeah. a you know, a, a big payment on him for a long year contract. Same thing with Freddie Freeman. I'd pay him so much money. I'd break the uh, AAV record to, or for a position wow. player for wow. Freddie Freeman to be a New York Yankee. Um, I think that would definitely be worth it for what he brings, not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yep. It's a business. Freddie Freeman is going to sell a lot of jerseys, going to sell a lot of tickets gonna be mr marketing for the yankees if he does come here um even though even though you know you you're inclined to say he's gonna set he's gonna stay in in atlanta and after what they did last year i don't know but, about but you that, never know though. yeah at, I, th- at this point people you don't people know, have right? been yeah. hey people have said that a lot and i right before the lockout there's a former beat writer who is really good i'll just say he's a friend of the show he told me flat out, if you don't think Freddie Freeman will leave to come to the Yankees, you don't know what you're talking about. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I mean, and, and the rumor was before that the Yankees were very interested in Freddie Freeman. Now, that wasn't fake. Oh, yeah. That there was, there was actual interest there. One thing I got to ask you, because I hear a lot of fans say exactly what you just said, and I completely understand it. Take money aside and everything else. Who's a better player in your opinion, Carlos Correa or Trevor Story? Carlos Correa, 100%. Okay. I just want to get that out there. 100%. Because, yeah, because yeah. no, because you gave the logical answer. Because your, exactly. your answer is what my answer has been a lot of the time. The same thing is that I don't see the Yankees spending the money. 
that it's going to yeah. cost to get him. They're going to go to more cost friendly route. Yeah, so I, I want to throw that out there because when I ask that question, typically I would even just tell Yankee fans, who would you rather have as a player? And they all right away go to the money and I get it. But as a player, Correa is beyond better. It's not even really yeah. a comparison of who's a better player. And Freddie Freeman, I agree with you with, man. I, I think Freeman would be unbelievable. Um, I don't know if you've heard anything about this guy, but I want to, if you have, please talk about him. Have you heard anything at all about Seiya Suzuki? Because I hear phenomenal I things about him. Okay. Okay. I only only what only what social media says. Right. But going and going back to the, the shortstop thing and the addition thing, I wouldn't I would not at all be opposed to Angelton Simmons playing shortstop for the Yankees on oh, opening gosh. day. And and don't I don't do scare me, Eli. <laughs> I do definitely feel like they could maybe get a big time third baseman or big time second baseman and move Glaber. Um, and move Geo to shortstop. Like I feel like there's definitely going to be. I feel like it's a puzzle that Yankees fans are like, here's Carlos Correa, here's this big piece to this big puzzle. We're going to put him in right here. Puzzle's done. But no, I feel it's, like it's not. Even if they exactly. got him, I said that. Me and Francis said it, right? Yeah, yeah. The puzzle's even nowhere near done. No, it's even, like one even piece. on the left side of the infield. A very expensive even on the left piece. side of the infield. <laughs> yep. Even for the left side of the infield, Carlos Correa or whoever it is is not that one piece. Eli oh, is, is the Yankees best is the Yankees best infield with DJ LeMayu at second base. Yes, okay. because they're a lot better. He's a, he's a he's a Gold Glove second baseman, yep. and they're if DJ LeMayu is playing first base, that means there's not any other good first baseman. You know, that Eli, I like I like you before this interview. I like you a lot more now. <laughs> this one, Eli. I promise this is the last thing. It has nothing to do with <laughs> prospects, though. This is all about you. What's next for Mr. Eli Fishman? You had a big year last Great question. year. You had a big year last year, right? I'm sure it, not just us. I'm sure the rest of Yankees Twitter and the minor league world is looking to he, see what's next. He, what's he next is replacing Ken Rosenthal at the MLB <laughs> Network. Breaking news. There will not be a bow tie, I don't believe. Okay. I don't okay. know if Eli's a bow tie guy. Maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> not a bow tie guy but i'd take that job um any just day, watch it just watch your back you know manfred <laughs> yeah yeah be careful what you say that's it yeah if i'm careful what i say now then imagine in his Ken <laughs> rosenthal right. shoes um but the goal for not the goal what i'm doing for 2022 summer is there's going to be a yankees minor league podcast where every monday i'm going to break down the last week in the Yankees minor league system, you know, for the series, it's like a week long and Monday's the off day. So we're going to break that down that whole series, have interviews on Mondays and throughout the week. The only, um, you know, working on getting it started, potentially partnering with, you know, some of the other websites that are out there and media outlets to, to bring that to Yankee fans and give a great inside look every week at the minor league system, get to know these players and really have one outlet where you can learn everything there is to know and hear everything from everyone about the Yankee system. So I'm really looking forward to that and, you know, coming together slowly and hopefully we'll be able to get it off the ground, get off the ground soon. Also going to hopefully write for or continue to write for Pinstripe Prospects, which is the, you know, best site for, for independent Yankees minor league coverage. We've got people at every level of the system. And then I, you know, run around and, and just write about everything um with the yankee system so definitely keep your eyes there and and maybe some other stuff that i'm that i'm looking at too so 
so keep following on Twitter, all that, and Instagram is Eli J Fishman too. So yeah, I'll I'll keep everybody updated. All right, of course, man. It is big year, absolutely big year. no doubt about it. it's a big year for for all of us, man. And mm-hmm. I tell you, Eli, man, it is an absolute pleasure having you on. I'm sure it will not. Well, it won't be the last time. As long as you want to come back, it won't be the last time. Anytime, anytime, um, definitely, man. So, uh, with that being said, guys, see you next time. Thank you, Eli. All right, man. I'm telling you, um, Eli is just awesome, man. I can't say enough about Eli Fishman. Guys, go follow Eli. You saw his handle all over there. You just see the knowledge, um, too, that Eli has for being such a young a young man um, and yeah. doing as much as he's doing right now, especially with the system. But he brought up a lot of great names. I mean, he brought up a lot oh, of yeah. great names, a lot of things that he taught me a couple of things today about some names that I haven't heard much yeah. about myself. Um, but I, I just love a lot of the things he said. He really follows along, too, with there's some disagreement there on the major league roster and how the major league team will go about it. But yeah. Eli even brings up the fact, well, yeah, the better player for the Yankees is Correa. And the Yankees should yeah. spend money now because they got this great crop of talent coming up. So oh, yeah. just terrific, terrific interview. Um, you have any takeaways? Yeah, man. Shouts out to Eli for sure. Um, I feel like it's going to be the same like it was last year. Like we we talked to Eli and then, you're going to see Eli popping up on a nice little podcast tour once, I guess, once yeah. baseball is like back in the swing of things. But uh, yeah, my biggest takeaway, I think I want to say um, surprising enough was that he is 100% in lockstep with us on the fact that Volpe, yes, is untouchable, but Dominguez, not yeah, so much. I was going to just and say I, that, yeah. And I think, that's, I think that's a big one for fans to hear, not because I'm saying, you know, you have to like <sighs> – you know, live and die with everything Eli says, but to give him his credit, guys, this this guy's been around our minor league system for a decent a amount lot. of years. I I know you look at him and you're like, well, this guy's a young kid. He must have just started this. No. Like he literally posted a picture up the other day. 13 years old. 13 with Clark years old. Schmidt. Yeah, 13 Inter- years old. Interviewing Clark Schmidt. Like this guy's been around the 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 system for a very long time. Like Dennis the Menace over players. there talking yeah, to him. Dude. He knows these players. He knows these players as well as anybody I would hazard, right? He because Facts. he's been very smart to give him his credit, man. He's been a, he's been very smart about his work. He's really focused and honed in on the Yankees minor league system. And when you focus on one niche thing like that, of course you're going to become very knowledgeable on that and he has indeed become super knowledgeable about it. No doubt so about it. When when I say that, it's to say, listen, this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to prospects. He knows what they are because he's watching them more than we are. And if he's telling you guys, listen, for the right price, Dominguez is movable. He doesn't see it happening the same way we don't see it happening. Yep. We're not saying it's going to happen for sure. Yep. We're saying that in the right scenario, it that the right scenario might exist where he could be moved. And Eli agreed with that. And to me, that was big. Um, but then he also agreed that Volpe should be here and should be the only untouchable. And again, we both agree with that. Yeah. Even with everything we said about Correa, guys, we've never said sign Correa and trade Volpe. It's like, no, sign Correa and keep Volpe. And that's the left side of your infield for the dynasty that you're saying you're trying to build. Yep. No, I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you on that. And yeah. he, he just brought up many great points. Guys, share that out. I'm telling you, fans are going to love it. They're going to people that you know, maybe don't have as much as an interest in the minor leagues. You're going to find it very valuable just learning about the Yankee system. Eli's the guy to go to for that. 
And um, yeah, it's always a pleasure to speak to Eli Fishman. I tell you guys this, it will definitely not be the last time the spitters speak with Eli Fishman. Um, Francis, oh, no. friend, of, friend of the show. 100% friend of the show. He's a friend of mine, you know what I mean? So you're a yeah. friend of mine. That's how he's introduced, you know? So he's a, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a, he's definitely a friend of ours. That's the guy. Uh, that's the guy. Um, Sunday night baseball is going to be looking a little different. Yes, sir. In 2022. You got, you got some news on that, but one of our good, one of our friends, uh, Mr. Yes Network favorite himself, David Cone. Oh, Michael, Michael K. K. Yeah, Mike, that's right. That's right. I should have known you were going Cone. I was going Cone. You know, I'm, not a, going I'm not a big K guy. You are definitely known. more than me. I misstepped. So, I misstepped. It don't matter because it's both of them listen, anyway, so it don't make a difference. It's both of them. Listen, yeah, Sunday Night Baseball shakeup. Let's start with that. Um, that was big news, I think, this week um, that they're shaking up the booth. I think, first of all, fans should be happy that there's going to be a shakeup, right? You guys have been complaining forever. And I don't want to just say you guys. Like, I've been complaining forever. Like, I... I remember what, I mean, Mendoza was gone this year. Thank the Lord. It's not a thing. Like I said, it's not, it has nothing to do with like, oh, because you just don't want to hear a woman. No, that's not, that's not. No, nah, Mendoza not just sucked. I'm going to keep it honest with you. Mendo- I'm just Mendoza not a fan of hers. Yeah. I'm not a fan of hers. And to show you guys, like, the, for instance, like I'm a huge, 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 huge Lauren Shahadi fan. She does yeah. uh, stuff on MLB Network yep. with Vascursion. And, but I like Morocco, too. So. Yeah, she's I amazing. I, I, I like I like I like Meredith too. Like, so it's not a thing. Oh, that you just don't want to hit. That. That's not true. I'm a big fan of some women who are analysts and and uh, reporters. But Mendoza I'm a big fan of women overall. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we being <laughs> if we being honest, if we being honest, I'm more of a fan of women than I ever. I pop a freaks all the honeys, dummy. But um, listen, in all honesty, like, yeah, Jessica Mendoza just was. I just. I didn't like what she brought to the booth. Facts. I'm not saying that there's not a place for her. There probably there's a hundred percent a place for her in baseball. Just wasn't there. Yeah. So this year it was a rod. It was Matt Vaskersian. And to be honest, I'm going to keep it real with you. It wasn't that much better no, without Jessica, without Jessica Mendoza. No, it, wasn't. it wasn't, it was still, there was something still off. And I think that, I think ESPN saw that and they're like, look, we really got to shake this up. It's like this, it should be working because yep. Vaskersian is a good play-by-play guy and A-Rod is a good color commentator, but it's still not working. So we got to figure something out. And so they shook it up. A-Rod's gone. Vaskersian is gone. And that's it. That, that, that trio, all three of them are now out this year and they're bringing in Carl Ravitch is going to be the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. You guys know him. You've heard him all over. He is not yeah. just ESPN, but MLB. You've heard Carl Ravitch's voice. I hope. Um, if not, Google him and you'll see him and you'll know exactly who, who he is. is. Yep, that's right. You heard his voice, yep. right? Eduardo Perez, who's another, who's a, who's a very, who's a, he's, I mean, he got his moments. Say, he got his moments. I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say lesser no, but I feel like with him, it's more moments like that. You, yeah. the, maybe he doesn't ring bells on a lot of fans' names. He's not, he's not the one that's exciting me the most about this deal. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I like Ravage, but the guy who is exciting and is going to be exciting across the nation is David Cohn as the real color, um, you know, analyst for this this trio that they're putting together. Yeah. David Cohn, I think, is going to be phenomenal. Sunday Night Baseball gets about 25 games a year, right? We've been complaining for years that it's like either either they're just their, their takes are too outlandish, right? When it came to like Mendoza and A-Rod or, you know, it seemed a little bit uneducated or sometimes maybe too analytical, overly analytical. I don't know. But what you get with David Cohn, guys, we've been saying this forever as Yankee fans. 
This guy just knows the game, and 100%. you can listen. You can listen to him talk about baseball until the cows come home, bro. It's not gonna like. It's never gonna change. Like this guy just knows what he's talking about. To hear him talk about pitching, to hear him talk about even hitting, and this guy was a pitcher, but the way that he talks about hitters, obviously, he he has a lot of experience with hitters being a pitcher. Like he just speaks in a way that like it makes you want to listen because you feel like you're learning, and I think that's what's right. important for the broadcast, right? You don't want you don't want some people that they're speaking and it feels like, well, you know, I I'm better than you because I know more about the game. You want it to sound like I'm speaking, I'm here because I'm here to like, you know, share what I know with you. And David Cohn has always sounded like a guy who wants to share that knowledge when he's speaking. Right. Yeah. So I think Coney is going to be okay. Coney is one of those guys that you can get a non-baseball person to watch a show and they're going to understand a lot more about baseball after listening to David Conan. He could be talking about yes, the sir. craziest, analytic-driven, whatever-it-may-be thing, but yes, Coney will put it into perspective that you really understand what he's saying, even if you're not oh, a yeah. student of the game. That's what makes Coney so damn good at his job is exactly yeah. that. It is just he is so good at doing that because you want to get more from Coney. It's like sometimes I'm like, man, K, I love K, and I love everybody else. Let let Coney talk. Like let me, let me yeah. hear more of David Cohn. Like the, yeah. just breaking down guys, but not even that. He's also hilarious. He's also interactive. Oh, yeah. He'll interact yeah. with you. Yeah. Um. Just an overall absolutely he's not a, terrific guy. He really. He's is. not a young. He's not a young guy, and so a lot of times with people David Cohn's age, they have a real tough time trying to seem relevant. To like right. the younger fans and and seem interesting and entertaining, Coney's just a natural. No, there's about something it. about him. There's something about him that even you he's know, relatable to anybody. Any as age. he's matured in, in age, he's just still relatable to Very the younger generation. Like he's just still relatable, man. Because there's a childlike thing when he speaks about the game. He, he just seems to have that understanding that it is just that a game. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I think comes through when he's talking. And that I think that's amazing. So I'm, I'm super happy for Coney. I can't wait to see this. What I think will be interesting, um, and this will even shift us to the second part of this announcement, is the fact that Coney's going to stay on to call some to call Yankee games this year. Also, so it'll be an interesting transition because, like, he'll be you know doing Yankee games and then he'll do some Sunday night baseball games. And sometimes the Yankees will be on Sunday night baseball. So I can't wait to hear the criticism because, as good as Coney is, there's going to be people who are going to criticize him when the Yankees are on Sunday night baseball and try to call him Yankee boy or whatever. I promise you he's not. I promise you he's not. I feel like Coney's definitely going to call it down the middle, even if the Yankees are one of the teams playing in Sunday night baseball, but I'm sure some whack jobs are going to watch and say like, Oh, here he goes like sucking up to the Yankees or whatever. And you know what? If he does, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because all we ever get on national telecast is hate all around the country. Yep. So we have it would be nice it would be nice to have somebody who doesn't hate the freaking team yep, for once. That's right. Um, a Rod, you know, kind of provided that, but you know, he was also a little overly critical at times. Yep. But moving on, the other part of this announcement was a really interesting part because after announcing the departure of A Rod from that booth, they announced that they were looking at A Rod to have his own version of the Manning Cast, but with the baseball broadcast. So, for those who don't know. The Manning cast is something that the NFL kicked off this year. 
where simultaneously while there's while there's a game going on with their own broadcasters in the booth you can watch that same game but it's being broadcasted by eli manning and peyton manning his older brother right two (laughs) hall of fame quarterbacks two i mean i know there's argument with eli but two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, two guys who come from a football family, know the game and can analyze the game. And they bring guests on every week. They've had LeBron on, they've had Russell Wilson on, they've had Tom Brady. They've had, I mean, this tons of guests or whatever. And like, it's almost like a podcast while the game is going on. It's an in-game podcast. It's amazing. Their banter is amazing. The jokes are amazing. The the shots that they throw at each other and sometimes a player, if he looks funny out there, are amazing. It's way more fun and upbeat than a natural broadcast. Right. So obviously and naturally, it appeals more to the younger demographic. Yep. MLB, realizing they have a problem doing that same thing, feels like A-Rod might be the guy for that. What I said when A-Rod left the booth was... A-Rod is a tremendously talented uh, individual, not just speaking baseball-wise. His business acumen and also his ability to analyze the game of baseball. I don't think, right? However, I don't think that the Sunday Night Baseball booth was the best fit for him, right? I just don't think that was the place for the way that he wants to speak about the game. Right. This thing, however, this could be the home run that they've been looking for with A-Rod all this time. Because A-Rod does analyze the game much like a Peyton Manning analyzes football. Yeah. So this could be it. Now they're going to saddle him with Michael K. And I think the hope with that is that they have an experienced play-by-play guy who also has a pretty decent relationship with A-Rod to bounce back and forth with. This yeah. way that they, you know, Peyton is pretty much like, the head guy on the Manning cast, but they put his brother Eli with him, right? Eli kind of steals the show a lot of times, if you ask me, but because he's fu- uh, he's really funny. Um, so they saddle A-Rod with Michael K, I guess, to kind of help with play-by-play stuff, but also like have that banter back and forth with somebody he's comfortable with. I think this could be it. I think this could be it. I think this could work. I really think this could work. I'm looking forward to it. They're slated to have 12 games. So... I think it also is going to run during Sunday night baseball. So it won't be every Sunday night baseball, but if they have 12 games and there's a slate of 25 games, it'll be half of the Sunday night baseball games that they have throughout the regular season. And they're also supposed to get a playoff series. If everything works Mm. out. Yeah. If everything works out with this new CBA agreement and the owners get that extra round of playoffs that they're pushing for. Yeah. uh, A-Rod and K are supposed to get one of those series. So that'd be interesting. it's interesting stuff. Um, now, here's the here's the big question that I got to ask. Is the big one. <laughs> Will Michael K be wearing A-Rod's man makeup collection? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh god, no. God, no. Oh man, listen. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Pete knows this already. We were talking off air, but I'm going to keep it real I had with to you bring guys. Bring it up. Cuz I love you guys. <laughs> I love A Rod. A Rod is here. He's here. So he's in my heart, man. This guy's a Dominican player. He, oh man, proud fan. He has a proud fan right here. Right. I cannot get behind the man makeup <laughs> for the life of me. For the life of me. Listen, man. The Presidente deal. There was right. nobody That's happier a great than me. Deal. Yeah. I was like, yes. 
I was like, find a way to get that shit into Yankee Stadium, please. Yes, yes, yes. Please. In all seriousness, yes. Okay, he went. The, the the Minnesota Timberwolves, I was like, yes, go buy a basketball team. Get yep. your mogul yep. on. Do it. Oh, you tried to buy the Marlins, but you got undercut by Derek Jeter. Shit happens. He's the captain for a reason. But I'm with you. The man makeup. I'm not on the I'm not on the boat. I'm sorry. I got I'm not on the ship. <laughs> This guy, he's wearing it. He's wearing it everywhere. And I got to tell you, it just it looks I think, weird. I feel like weird. in the picture that I got pulled up, I think he got some of it on. He I definitely think he got does. some of it on, Alex. He Look at this. There's a little I lip can't. gloss there. There's a little I lip can't. gloss. <laughs> Alex, Alex, if, for, if by some... You know, if by some stretch, this Alex gets Kardashian to you, coming out. Okay. <laughs> if by so, Alex, if this gets to you and you see this, trust and believe, you are listening to two huge fans of yours. Yeah, I love Alex. I love A Rob. We're huge. We're huge Yankee fans, and th- we can't discount what you did for this team when we were here. We're not one of those. Nah, we not support you. We're not ride or die. But we cannot ride with the men makeup. Nah, just, man, I can't. can't I can't. Them. I can't do it. Hey, if A Rob was like, me. bro, I'm gonna send you some. You got to sponsor it. I have to generally look at you and say, Alex, I decline. I love you, Alex. bro. You the man. Send me a case of Presidente. I'll drink the whole thing yeah, right that's here. That's what I'm saying. Give no me, listen, problem at give all. Me any, give me any other spot. If Alex hit me up with the man makeup thing, I'd be like, dude, literally, give me any <laughs> other thing. Give me any Francis other thing. I'll do. Said, I got to say this. Francis <laughs> also said he already had his heart broken once by Sammy Sosa. He exactly. can't do it again. <laughs> Guys, that's what, that's what this is about. See, Pete... Pete just he let the cat out of the bag, guys. <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, what this is about is my heart just can't take another Sammy Sosa situation. I can't do it. All right. Us Dominicans oh, have been shit. through enough. Okay. We were championing Sammy Sosa. Listen, oh, man. after 9-11, he came out with the flag. Oh, he was running the best around. Moment ever. We were like, in this moment, we are all citizens, even though yeah. 85% yeah. of us didn't have our citizenship. <laughs> but we were all Americans in this moment. Max. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And then he decided to become Mr. Neapolitan Ice Cream Man and change <laughs> three different shades and his eye color and all this shit. And it's just like, I can't even look at this man the same. Oh, I can't man, look at him. The same. I can't. I can't, Pete, I can't believe it. The only is the thing I'm mad player. about is I, I did not prepare a picture of the new Sammy Sosa compared to the old oh, Sammy man. Sosa. I can't. That is a miss on my end. My but heart is man, broken, oh, guys. Man, oh, um, man. My heart, my heart was broken with that. A-Rod, please, just. You know what the Sammy Sosa thing, you want to know what happened with Sammy Sosa. I'm going to tell you. I'm going I'm to have to tell you right now. People always say, ah, like the Michael. No, no, it had nothing to do with the Michael Jackson thing. I had nothing to do with that. Come on. No. Sammy Sosa watched Scarface. Oh god! And he said, "You know what? I want to be like that Sosa." Oh man! And the first step was oh, the man. change of skin color. You're right. And that's what happened. You're Sammy, right. now you ever see him out there? He, he looking like a he looking like a drug kingpin out there now. He does. He does. He looking that like a his, drug kingpin now. So that's, he, he that's his style. He might be legit, legit Sosa from Scarface Sosa, and not Listen, Sammy Sosa from the Cubs. I'm the not. Listen, I'm telling you guys, I. I look at him these days and I'm just like, I can't believe this is the same guy that I looked at on the Cubs. Like, <laughs> you don't understand, man. Growing now up, A-Rod is putting makeup on his face. What exactly, are we doing? That's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, I was a kid. I was a kid. I looked up to Sammy. I was like, oh, Sammy. Hey, Alex. Man. Sammy, this, Sammy. Alex. Now Alex is doing makeup. A-Rod, Alex, I, we love you. You want to invest? Come on, baby. Bring it right here. Yeah, 
come on. Listen, you come don't need on. to put your money in man makeup. No. You need to put your money in NYY News TV because we're taking off. We're killing shit. Man all right. We're kicking makeup. ass. We're taking names. We're all over the place. Graziad. This is where man it needs makeup. to be. Listen, man, in all seriousness, I think the most interesting thing about this K-Rod broadcast. I feel like D-Lo Brown right now. <laughs> D-Lo Brown comes out. Dun, 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 dun. Stupid. Yeah. Nah, man. That dude had to have. He probably not had to have. He probably has serious neck problems. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't do that for that amount of years and, nah. and just be normal now. And then you also um, landing on your head while you're wrestling. Like, come on, man. Yeah, there's just no way. He's he's. I mean, prayers up. There has to be something wrong there. Um, yeah, but what I was saying, I think the most interesting thing with the K Rod booth to put a button on that is mm. some people seem to be shocked by this, right? And I was like. But guys, like, haven't haven't you been able to tell? Like, Michael K has been posturing and preparing himself for something like this for years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been very adamant on his radio show. He doesn't do it on broadcast. I think that's what it is. Maybe people don't listen to the radio show as much, but he's been very adamant on the radio show about how he feels like you know he should be calling playoff games and stuff like that because he he really believes in his talent that way. And he's like, that's what I should be doing, right? Also, I think his best friend, if I'm not mistaken, is Mike Breen, or at least one of his very good friends mm. who, you know, is a commentator for the NBA. And like, not just, I mean, I don't even think just the NBA, but like he does a bunch of different teams and things like that or whatever. He's a huge fan and also friend of uh, Costa. So looking at people like that, looking at the people that Kay surrounds himself with and the crowd of people that Kay wants to be a part of, I think it was always the natural step that he would try to make a move to a national broadcast at some point because he doesn't just want to be known as like the local guy and the awards, the bigger awards anyway, go to the national broadcast guys. Mm -hmm. Like those are the, so I think that's what, I think that's what it is. That's what he wants. And so listening to him call games the last couple of years, I think it's been obvious because I've been saying for a while, I feel like he panders more to the other fan bases than he does to the Yankees. And <laughs> right. It's just like you're watching a Yankee game and sometimes you're just like, damn, Mike, like, you know right. what I mean? Like he's preparing. Shit. It's like you said, it's like, it's like enroll training. It's like enroll exactly. training, preparing for something exactly. like that. And the he's last been doing it for a while. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so congrats to all those guys, man. I'm, I'm, ex- I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest, man. I, I there's a little bias towards me when it comes to Coney, because I think as Yankee, we've been asking for many things for Cone, haven't we? We've been asked for a oh, pitching coach yeah. job. Now right. you see the Sunday night baseball thing. We all love Cone. Every I, I think I don't think there's a Yankee fan out there that's like, you know, I don't I don't like this guy in the booth. He, he's like my least favorite. I don't think anybody gets that from Coney. I love Coney. It's gonna be interesting to see with the Yes Network. Oh no, but he's still doing the Yes games too. He's still gonna do that. So that's not really changing too much. Yeah, Mike and Michael K too is also still gonna be yeah. doing Yes games. For I know a now, lot of people but... wanted to hear Ruko do a little more. It is what it is. Which I don't he, really care. Which he will. He's probably gonna probably will, with, yeah. with with K doing the the K Rod cast, I think Ruko's gonna get way more games. Ruko doesn't um, care, but he's still a little on my bad list. A little comments, but ah, you know, I really I can't <laughs> criticize this guy because he's a nice guy. Yeah, okay, all right, great, wonderful. Nice, nice people can't be criticized. I forgot. Well, um, let's think about this. It's funny you bring that up. Not to get all the way into this, but because I know you know you spoke about it and everybody spoke about it early on. But that's what people are. That's what people are afraid of. What happened yeah, to course. Ken Rosen? What happened to Ken Rosenthal this week? I think that's what people are really afraid of. I think that's why, you know, Michael K. As much as he does let let go on his radio show, 
he goes up to a certain line and then he stops that he, that he doesn't pass yeah i think that's why ruko as as candid as he wants to be with him and cc he realizes that he himself can only go up to a certain mm-hmm. line because of the fact that remains retaliation. that retaliation retaliation is real and people say oh that's not true like no, you can't do that that's in today's a, game. that is true guys what happened to ken rosenthal is clear yeah you can't art like who's i don't know who's yeah. trying to argue that but if you're still trying to argue that dude you're you're in a bad spot ken rosenthal and the got thing fired. is legitimately because of that well i could tell you this right now and that's why you know there are some people that are better off in the position that we are in because we can talk about whatever we want and we don't have to be worried about me coming along or felix coming along or you coming along or chef or anybody else that is on this network saying i don't think i want to be a part with these guys anymore because he insulted boone i don't like it and you know i'm gonna leave or i think they should leave or something like that um no, you know, luckily, thankfully, not luckily because we've actually worked hard to put this together, but we do have this platform that I think people are going to be very attracted to because they know it's going to be real talk for the real fan um, yeah. all the time. And last thing we want to finish off with is our tweet of the week. And yes, we're going to be biased. It is coming from good friend Gary Sheffield Jr. Yes, Why? Sir. Because Chef Talk episode one aired on Friday and guys, it was absolutely friggin' awesome. Absolutely awesome, along with all of our shows. But again, like I said, we're going to be biased. So again, right up there here on the side of the screen, you can have the link right there. Click on that. You can go watch the Chef Talk show again if you missed it. But Gary Sheffield Jr., you are the winner of the Tweet of the Week. So Francis, great show today. We had a lot yes, to, sir. you know, with people saying there's no baseball, NMO1 News TV is still giving you amazing content. Oh, Everything yeah. that we learned from Eli Fishman today is not, you're not getting that anywhere else. You're not getting that so anywhere fine. else. So I guarantee you, in that interview, you as a fan watching learned something from Eli Fishman. And I also just want you to understand that is because of NYY News TV. If you have not shared us out, if you have not followed at NYY News TV on Twitter, you are letting yourself down. NYY News Pete on IG, that is everything NYY News TV. That is not me. The name will work with that likely here soon. But uh, Francis, I mean, I have nothing else to say on this episode besides I learned a lot. I had fun, tons of laughs like always. We always have a great time. An amazing first week. We're kicking off week two. That's all I got, man. Same, man. Y'all already know. I'm going to keep it real. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. We had an amazing first week. But like I always say, the next episode is the best episode. So forget the first week. It's second week time, baby. We kicking shit off. Let's go. On facts, on facts. And you know we will never come whack on a designated spitters track. Talk to you guys next time. Hope you enjoyed. I know you enjoyed. But share this, subscribe, like, let your friends and family know that you gotta watch NYY News TV because ain't nobody running the lineup like we are. As Felix said, pound for pound, the best around. I love that. Talk to you guys next time. Designated Spit is out. See you guys next time. Before it hits the front page, NYY.